today, uh, the Lord has been speaking to me several things. Well, thank God for Him talking. How many knows we've got a God that talks to us? Amen. Amen. And uh, He speaks to us primarily through His Word. And if He can't trust you with the written Word, the audible Word is very rare. Amen? Because he, if we're faithful in little, he will be made ruler over much. He just spoke to me. He said, I want my people to discover a new dimension of my love. Amen. God wants us. See, God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But see, we are all being changed. God wants us to discover a new dimension of His love. Because as we do, we can go from where we are into where He is and where He wants us to be. Amen? He's wanting us to discover a new dimension of His love. See, God is not just a good time lover. He's an all the time, eternal, everlasting lover. Amen? Everybody say, His love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Oh, His love never fails, never gives up. It never runs out on us. And today, I believe that before we leave here this morning, that God is going to help us to see a new dimension of His love than we've ever known. Amen? How many believes that we can receive that today? Amen? Praise the Lord that we receive a greater revelation of the new dimension, another dimension of God's love. You see, that the angels have been circling the throne of God ever since they have been created. And every time they circle the throne, they say, holy, holy, holy. They see another dimension of God's glory and of who he is than they have seen before. They've been around a long time. Amen. And so I believe we can see a new dimension of God's love this morning and be changed into it. Because see, the Bible tells us that as we look into the perfect law of liberty, that's the Word of God, that we are all changed into its image, even as by a glass, a mirror. Amen? How many knows that sometimes you don't look the way you look going out as you look whenever you got up? <laughs> okay, and so and so. See why? Because you looked in the mirror. You said, "Lord, help." <laughs> yes, Lord, He does. <laughs> it's so funny because uh, I, I can always tell when it's coming about time for a haircut for me. I get up and I look at her and Donna go. She's looking at me. <laughs> she like you got the what, what's it that. that uh, What's that, what's that guy's king? So, Don, she said, you got that Don King look going on. <laughs> Folks, we can all change. That's good news. Amen? 
but we've got to see it in order to be it. Amen? And we've got to see what love is in order to walk in love. If we're going to walk in a new dimension of love, we're going to have to see what a new dimension of love looks like. We're going to begin right here this morning because the Apostle Paul, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he penned one of the greatest descriptions defined in Scripture of what love is, what love does, and how love lives. Everybody say, what love is. What love does and how love lives. Turn with me this morning, your Bibles, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's known by many as the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, I'm going to begin there reading in verse 1. I think this is the message paraphrase that I'm reading out of this morning. Yes. And so... uh, He says, if I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but I don't have love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all all of his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't have, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Verse 4, I believe it is, he describes what love is. Love never gives up. Everybody say, love never gives up. Everybody say, God is love. He never gives up. Everybody say, I am born of God. I never give up. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best and never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Everybody say, love never dies. See, love never gives up, love never dies, love never fails. Inspired speech will one day, uh, someday come to an end. Uh, Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limit. We know only a portion of the truth, and what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete arrives, our incompletes will be canceled. When I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like any infant. But when I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist, But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. Everybody say we're seeing a little clearly every day. Because the Bible says if we'll walk in the light, we'll see light. Amen. And the entrance of God's word gives light. Amen. It gives understanding to the simple. Don't try to be so complex. Amen. Glory to God. Just simply believe God. Amen? Simply trust God. 
simply do as God said do. Amen? Miracles are happening. He said it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it. We'll see it all then. See it as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly just as he knows us. But for right now, here in the middle, if you will, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us towards that consummation. Trust steadily in God. Hope unswervingly. I love this last one. And love extravagantly. And the best of the three is love. Everybody say, God is love. love. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 John. That's not the Gospel of John. It's back towards the back by Revelation. Uh, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Now see, the Apostle John, John the Beloved, uh, you know, John walked in such love they couldn't kill him. They boiled him in oil, but he wouldn't cook. They had crucified the other apostles. Y'all read this. I mean, and, and done all kinds of just horrible things to the early church. But they tried to kill John. They boiled him in oil. And they looked and he wasn't cooking. They got him out of there. They sent him off to the Isle of Patmos. And he received the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen? Why? Because he was known as the disciple in whom Jesus loved. The disciple that was so full of the love of Jesus. Folks, walk in love. It's the fulfillment of the law. Amen? If we walk in the love, Love covers a multitude of sin. Love never fails. Love never dies. Love never gives up. Love never quits. Amen? Praise the Lord. As, but we've got to discover this new dimension of God's love in order to duplicate it. Or I shouldn't say duplicate it. I should say distribute it. Amen? Everybody say we're going to discover the love of God. We're going to develop the love of God and we're going to distribute the love of God. Amen. We, it's already in us. The love of God, Hebrews, uh, I'm sorry, Romans 5, 8, it says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. But how many knows you can have something and not know where it is? <laughs> or you can have something and not know how to use it. Or you can have something and you're not using it. Okay. And so, anyways, um, we've, got to, we've got to discover it. We've got to exercise it. Amen? 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. I'm just going to push the pause button there. Um, Yesterday afternoon, I happened to uh, run across a young man, 16 years old. And uh, after I'd spent a few minutes with him, he thanked me. I said, 
Thank you for what? He said, thank you for your, what he called it, positivity. Hallelujah. I said, excuse me? He said, I don't hear that very much, ever, the way you treated me and the way you talked to me and the way you looked at me. Thank you. I said, well, I'm sorry. I said, not for how I've behaved, but how that others have behaved in your presence. This is young man, 16 years old. I said, I'm a Christian. I said, I don't know if you are yet. He was at work. He said, you know, this year I, I made a commitment to read God's Word every day. 16-year-old young man. He said, I've got it on my phone. It's an app. He said, I read, I'm reading God's Word every day. I said, have you received Jesus as your Lord? Are you planted in a local church? And he sort of looked at me, and then his boss called him. And I said, I'll be back. <laughs> I, gave, I gave him a card. <laughs> Invited him to church. Amen? Yes. Folks, by yes. this love, your distinction will shine like the day is long. Amen? In this, the love of God was manifest. He says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. The gospel according to John, go back there to the, uh, the gospels there, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 13 and verse 34. John chapter 13 and verse 34. Jesus speaking here, he says, A new commandment I give to you. Remember there were ten commandments, but all ten of these commandments you can summarize in this one statement. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body, and love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two hinge all the law and the prophets. Jesus spoke this, okay? Because see, love ain't going to have sex with your neighbor's wife. Hello? Love ain't going to steal your neighbor's donkey or car or whatever else they got. Love is not going to take God's name in vain. Hello? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. How? As I have loved you, that you also love one another. See, Jesus loves us unconditionally. God loves us unconditionally. While we were yet sinners, Christ demonstrated his love towards us. Amen? 
by this, all will know that you're my disciples. How's everybody going to know you want to his? If you have love for one another. See, the quest in life should be to know the love of God or the God of love. Everybody say, my quest in life is to know the God of love and be developed in the love of God so that I can distribute the God kind of love everywhere I go. Glory to God. It doesn't get any better than that, y'all. Amen? That is paramount. Our quest in life should be to know the God of love or the love of God, becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him in love and take the love that He has for us and give it to everyone we come in contact with. Amen? Not just a select few, because it's not going to run out. Amen? And see, love is not self-centered. You cannot get hurt walking in love. Because love is not about self. It's not self-seeking. You remember 1 Corinthians 13, right? It's not self-centered. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not vainglorious. Amen? It's not always me first. <laughs> when we walk in love, we can't get hurt. Well, they hurt my feelings. Well, you were thinking too much about you and not enough about God and them. Let me go up here. Amen? See, the reason we get hurt is because we're thinking too much about self. But love, the God kind of love, is not self-centered. It's not even, it doesn't even think about self. Because you are dwelling in God when you're dwelling in love. Amen? And love causes our faith to work profusely. Galatians 5, 6. You don't have to turn there, but you can just write that down. So then faith worketh by love. You having an issue with your faith? It may not be a faith problem. Amen? It may be a love problem. Brother Hagen, my spiritual father in the faith, Kenneth E. Hagen, um, what a man of love. Everybody thought he was a great man of faith. He just loved. He cared about people. He'd come by there and see me. He's always walking like this and twiddling his thumbs. He'd come up there where I, I worked at Skaggs Alpha Beta in, in, there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I think it's 51st and Harvard down the street from where he lived. He'd come there, and I'd be working the counter. He'd come there. I said, can I help you, sir? He said, you go to my school, don't you? I said, yes, sir. He said, no, I'm just piddling, just looking around. 
And he said, how do you like it? I said, I really like it. I said, God's word through your ministry has changed my life. And I want to say thank you for that. He said, I'm just glad to be a part. You know, he just, just love. Like my last time to get to be with him, we was at camp meeting 99. And we were, it was after the services and I'd been speaking to the youth and he was speaking to the adults and everything. And we were up in the speaker's area and he'd reach over and pinch somebody. <laughs> Folks, you don't have to be weird to be used of God. You can be normal. Amen. Amen. And then my last, my last memory and my last visual of being right there with him was he looked over at me. Everybody was being all serious, you know, because this was Brother Hagin, you know. And I was sort of, you know, trying to watch my P's and Q's too, you know. But uh, and he was back there. He just, he had like a napkin after he'd finished eating. There was a little bucket right over there, you know, trash can. He said, made it too, you know. But uh, folks, we don't have to try to be something that we're not to be used of God. God wired you the way that you are. He gave you the gifts that you have. And all we need to do is realize anything that goods that's that's anything that is done good didn't originate from me anyway. Amen. It came from God. And so what we need to do is we need to realize that you know God loves me warts and all. Amen. He loves me. He knows me better than I know myself, and He still loves me, y'all. And so God is love. And see, whenever you discover that love and you realize you didn't earn it, you couldn't buy it, it's a gift. Amen? All we can do is receive it and develop it grow in it and then give it away amen and see the way the kingdom of God works is whatever we receive from God we give away and it becomes more amen and that's how the kingdom of God works that's how God works Uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14 if he I wanted this to be a message. I think it might become a series here. It's a good month to have a series on love. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. He says, for this reason, this is in the Amplified Version, for this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ. Everybody say there's a purpose for me to grow up. There's a purpose for me to discover a new dimension of God's love that I've never seen before and be changed into its image as I've never been before so that I can be a greater image to those I come in contact with of what God really looks like 
Did y'all get that? God wants us to discover a new dimension of God's love, love like we've never seen before. Because, see, love that we know here this side of heaven, most of the time coming out of human beings is performance-based. Let me say that again. Most of the time, the love that we have seen coming out of human beings is performance-based. In other words, you act right, I'll love you. You act wrong, I'm going to come upside your head. I'm sorry. I won't like you no more. <laughs> Performance-based love. If you do what's right, I love you. If you don't do what's right, I hate you. If you don't do what I want you to do, that's human love. And it's based on fear. And it's rooted in control. Hello? Manipulation. Trying to make people. That's not how God rolls. God said, listen, I don't care if you make your bed in hell. Come sit right there by you. And wait for you to turn my way. So I can get you up and out of here. Because I didn't create you to be here. This is not my plan. This is not my purpose for you. And I'll be, I'll be with you in trouble. I've come to deliver you out. And with long life, I want to satisfy you and show you my, how good I am, my, show you my salvation. That's who God is, and that's how he loves. He never gives up. He never quits. He never turns his back. He never walks out on us. Amen? There is coming a judgment day. If we choose to reject his, his love, we will face an eternity without him. You understand? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. In other words, what you choose, wherever death finds you, eternity keeps you. It's given unto man once to die, and then after that, the judgment. What we are to do is to discover how much God loves us. To let His love be and become who we are. Why we live and how we live. And what we do while we live. Amen? And then to be absent from the body for those who are in Christ is to be present with the Lord. And the Bible says which is far better. Amen? See, you can't, you can't lose with what we use. Amen? But we've got to discover that love in order to receive that love and be developed in it. He said, for this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, he begins to pray. One of the ways that you're going to develop uh, let me just give you a couple of points for the melancholy minds before me. Number one, in order to discover a new dimension of God's love, number one, you've got to see what it is. That's Romans 13. Okay? I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 13. You've got to know 
what love is, how love lives and what love does. Number two, you've got to ask. Everybody say we need to pray, to ask, to be developed in the love of God. You see, because prayer justifies God to move on your behalf. Because Jesus told us, he said, everyone who asks, it's given, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, it's open unto him. What about everyone who doesn't ask? They don't receive. And so what do we, we need to discover what love is on a higher level than we've ever seen in this earth. Number two, we need to ask for it. Ask for it. That's Ephesians chapter 3 here. 14 through 21. For I bow my, he says, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. May He grant you out of the rich treasury of His glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit, Himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. Everybody say, my personality can change. I mean, you may be the most grumpy, irritated, self-centered, brash person. I'm not talking about anybody here. I'm talking about those that didn't show up today. (laughs) On the face of the earth, and God will move right into that container, and He will change your personality. Amen? And you'll become such a loving, gentle, tender, kind, patient, joyful, long-suffering, temperate, self-controlled individual on the face of this earth. Amen? May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell Settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. How many thinks that's a good prayer? Whoo! And may you, this is the Apostle Paul praying for the church at Ephesus, and may you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of it that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ? Mm. See, the Apostle Paul was praying this on the behalf of other people. How many thinks we can pray it on the behalf of ourselves too? Yes, it's a spirit-inspired, God-recorded prayer for us that we can pray to become developed in the love of God. He says that through experience for yourself the love of God, which far surpasses mere knowledge, 
without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Everybody say, whenever I'm full of the love of God, I am a person filled and flooded with God himself. Now to him, who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So be it. Amen. See, this is not only a prayer for the church at Ephesus, but I believe it's a prayer for those are at the church here in Conroe. Amen. As we receive, understand, and become fully mature in the love of God, we'll experience the fullness of God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power of the revelation of his love for us and at work in us and through us. Oh, my goodness, y'all. How does this exceeding greatness of his power, exceedingly abundantly above anything we could, where does it start? Everybody say it all starts with love. See, we like to pick out Ephesians 3.20. Take it totally out of the context. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ever ask or think. To him be glory. When it says now, that means it's joining this thought (laughs) with what he'd been talking about. He's been talking about discovering and developing in the love of God. When we do so, we become imitators of God as dear children and nothing is impossible. Amen? All things are possible because your faith isn't limited because your faith's working by your love and your love's growing exceedingly. Mm, mm, mm. Praise the Lord. There's nothing that God that is love will not do for you. Amen? As we discover his love and develop his love, we too will see that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power of his love at work in us. I don't believe that took that scripture out of context. I believe it brought it into context. Amen? Whenever he said, according to the power that is at work in you, what has he been talking about? Love. Everybody say the power of love causes the exceedingly, abundantly, 
above anything I could ever ask or think kind of things to operate through me. It's the power of love. Today as we discover a new dimension of God's love, I want us to look at a book in the Bible that maybe you don't read often. I'm going to open it up and for time's sake, I don't think we're going to get to go very far in it, but we're going to get there for just a minute. Amen? Hosea. Hosea was a prophet, and as you're finding it, you may have to turn the table of contents. It's back there. You don't look that very often. Hopefully you brought your Bibles. Amen? We put Scripture up on the screen for those that just now come to the church and they don't have a Bible yet. Y'all didn't think that was very funny. We, didn't, we don't put Scripture up on the board so you can be lazy. Did I just say that? Let me talk to you just a minute about Hosea before, as you're finding it. Uh, Hosea was a prophet that God called and gave him a very unique assignment. He said, Hosea, this is your ministry. Okay, I'm calling you into the ministry. Hosea said, here am I, Lord, send me. Okay, I want you to go out and I want you to find an unfaithful woman and marry her. Excuse me, Lord, I'm sorry. I thought you said for me to go out and find an unfaithful woman and marry her. No, you, you meant a faithful woman, right? You're calling me into the ministry. Uh, you want me to go out and find a faithful woman? He said, uh, I want you to go out. Here's your ministry. This isn't something you're adding to your ministry. This is your ministry. He said, I want you to go out and find an unfaithful woman who's very good at it. And I want you to marry her. Your ministry is going to be an object lesson of my love for people who by no means deserve it or even desire it. But I want to give it because that's who I am. This is in the book. If you read the story, you see that Hosea did exactly what God asked him to do. And she did exactly what he said she would do. The Bible calls it harlot, harlotry. You don't know what it is, go look it up. Back in my neighborhood, they call him Hope. I'm so, did I say that? This is not recommended, okay. Harlotry, we'll stick with harlotry, okay? That's in the Bible. I got y'all's attention. Hey, easy pastor. You know, we are in church, you know. <laughs> you got to love God. Boy, talk about catching somebody off guard. God, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. I'll serve you. The uttermost parts of the world. Okay, I want you to go. I, don't, I want you to pick up that bad girl over there. I want you to take her home and marry her. By the way, if that wasn't bad enough, guess what her name was? Gomer. <laughs> I'm sorry if somebody's here is named Gomer. And you're a girl. Okay. 
I believe that was what her name was, Gomer. And, uh, and she was a harlot who stayed very busy. God would tell Hosea to go out wherever she had been into harlotry with the men all over the community, pick her up in front of God and everybody, and take her home. He said, I want you to show my people how much I love them, and there's nothing they can do to, that I'll stop loving them. That's a new dimension of God's love. He said, there ain't nothing you can do that can turn me off from you. He said, you're going to show a picture to them. They won't listen to me, but they're sure enough see you go down there and pick up that girl. They won't nobody have anything to do with after daylight. Did I say that? There's a point and a place that God is asking us in this message today that God wants to make. And he wants her, he wanted her and us to know that there was nothing that she or we could do that would separate her or us from the love of God. Romans 8.35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from what? The love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we discover how deep and wide and pure and unfailing the love of God is, we will love God and serve Him not because we have to. We will love God and serve Him because we say, Lord, there's no one like you. You know us better than anybody knows us, but yet you love us. You see us better than anyone sees us, but yet you love us. Folks, somebody that loves us like that, we can't love back enough. You understand? And that's God's point. He doesn't love us like that, so we'll continue in our sin. He loves us like that to show us that we don't have to continue in our sin to get attention. Amen? Because we already have His full attention. And His is nothing but love. God is love. God loves people. God created us for love. Our purpose in life is to discover His love, develop His love, and become a distributor of His love in a world that doesn't know love. This kind of love that God has is deep. It's tough. It's long-lasting. It's never-ending. It never fails. God's love doesn't run from trouble. It runs to trouble and provides a way out. 
Amen? God's love doesn't run from you when you're in trouble. He runs to you. When you're, it's like a first responder, if you will. Everybody else running out of the building, they running into the building. That's a picture of God's love for us when we're in trouble. And see, trouble comes, well, I'll just think three ways. Maybe something you did wrong got you in trouble. Maybe somebody did you wrong caused you trouble. Or maybe you're just troubled by the devil because he's the devil and he knows nothing but trouble. Amen? Wherever we find ourselves in trouble, if we did it, if someone else did it, or if the devil did it, God is our very present help in time of need. He runs in whenever it seems like everyone else should run out. Now I'm going to take you back to our regular scheduled program, Hosea and Homer in the Bible. Hosea 2, 15, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to close up on this. Hosea 2, 15. He says, I will, now, if you read chapter 1 and chapter 2 up to verse 15, it was Gomer doing her business. It was Hosea running out there and taking her out of the business she's been doing and bringing her back to home with the kids she got pregnant with while she was out doing her business. This is what God said to her. He said, I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Acre as a door of hope. She shall sing there. And as in the days of her youth, as in the days when she came up from the land of Egypt. He said right in the middle of her mess, right in the middle of her trouble, right in the middle of her valley of acre. See, that valley of acre, if you look it up in the Hebrew, it's valley of trouble. It's the place where you're troubled. It's the place where you're in trouble. It's the place that is troubling to you. God said, I'm going to plant vineyards right in the middle of your trouble. Come on, somebody. I'm going to move in, and I'm going to give you something. Right in the, he said that, yea, though you walk through the valley, he said, I will provide a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He said, I'm going I'm to plant vineyards right there in the middle of your trouble, right there in your valley of acre." He said, I'm going to move in, in your trouble. He says, I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Acre as a door of hope. God wants to take whatever is troubling you today. He wants to move right into the middle of it. And he wants to give you a door of hope yes. out of it. God wants to move right in to your trouble. Yeah. He wants to plant something that's going to grow, that's going to help you to get through this trouble yes. so that you can, and he said, I'm going to open a door of hope to you. That door of hope is a, 
a door of expectancy. That greatest thing that you could see that could ever possibly happen. That's what he wants to deliver you out of trouble and walk you right into that doorway of expectancy. That's our God. That's who he is. That's how he loves. Not only does God want to move into your trouble, give you a door of hope out of your trouble, He wants to restore your soul from all the trouble you've been through. He wants to return your joy. Amen? He said, I want you to be able to sing like when you was a teenager before you went through all this junk. That was the rest of that verse in 15. He said, I'll give you I'll give her her vineyards from there. Not because she deserved it, but because he desired it. And he said, I'm about to blow your mind. And the valley of acre, the valley of trouble, as a door of hope, she shall sing there. See, God wants to see you restored. That's why you're here this morning. She shall sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the days when she came up from the land of Egypt, as in the days when she came up out of bondage. Praise team and band if you could come and help me at this time. God loves us so much. And I just want you to discover and I want you to develop a new dimension of love so that you can distribute it. Number one, He wants you to eat of it first. He wants you to know the love of God that surpasses knowledge. In other words, you can't get smart enough to understand His love. It blows your mind. It blows everybody's mind because it's not performance-based. It's love-based. It's gift-based. It's not earned based. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can only receive it.